Off the ball. If it was me, you'd absolutely love to be 17 up as opposed to being 17 points down. There's no upside to being 17 nil down at that stage, you know? It's a shocking start. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. French Open time. Jenny Claffey is with us. Jenny, how are you? Very well. Good to be back here, guys. Um, you're not going to the French Open. You, we're delighted to have you here, but we're disappointed for you that you're not yeah, uh, in Paris. It's a shame we're not doing this live from, from the French Open uh-huh. today, but maybe next year. Um, have you, have you, do you go to many of the tournaments? Like, is that... Is it, is it okay? Are you okay going to tournaments now? <laughs> yeah, interesting you put it that way because when I was playing, like at the time when I was playing, um, I used to to go to them more often and then I had this love-hate relationship with tennis once I retired and didn't want to have anything to do with Wimbledon or any of the tournaments whatsoever so this was going to be my first time yeah, back my maiden trip back oh right okay unfortunately injury got in the way it's mad because there's a isn't there a clip of Gary Neville someone said Gary Neville once was at a, at a charity match or something and he was like he, he just hated the idea of kicking the football just even when he retired Stephen Hendry was the same in snooker for a while didn't want to pick up a cue like is it, is it the same in, in those intervening years immediately after you retire that you're like ah don't put me near a racket. Definitely for me it was um, because it was it was a forced retirement, you know, with with an injury that I sustained that I it came out of nowhere. That I didn't didn't see that coming, and mm-hmm. you know, I was having such good success, and and then yeah, I wanted to have nothing to do with tennis for a good, I'd say, th- two to three years after. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Didn't want to go into coaching. Right. Um, subsequently, now I'm I have a tennis coaching business, but at that time I looked into moving careers. I didn't want to have anything to do tennis, and then kind of my love has come back for the game in the last years. What was the injury? An elbow. I end up with um, no cartilage in the joint surface in my elbow. So like, even now, I can't straighten my arm fully because it's bone on bone. So right. It's quite painful still, and I can't play tennis now. And you can't fix that. That's not like a, you know, grow it in a lab and inject it in. It's just one of those things. You don't have it anymore. They're not making any more of it. No. So they tried. They, I've had two surgeries on it, and the second one they they drilled into the they call it a microfracture thing into the back of the elbow to try and release yeah. some cartilage, but it didn't. It's those tiny little holes that they yeah. drill and then it's supposed to seep out and yeah. heal yeah. it didn't happen unfortunately but I'm waiting for some great new medicine to right yeah, break and so you can't actually just play for fun no so after I retired I, I learned to play tennis left handed oh right and coached left handed for good holy years. shit wow <laughs> that's impressive um, well I had to because I couldn't oh, look at me I'm not that good at sport I'm just really good at everything <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> sickening yeah. yeah so uh, the odd time now I, I put it back in my right hand but yeah I can play left hand it's pretty cool and is your injury a football injury the one I have now yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah, so, yeah, very annoying. Just go to one another sport, and then I think I'm just made of glass, to be honest. <laughs> Body breaks down at every chance. Does the does the left arm feel like the right arm felt, if that makes sense? Not at all. No? No. But it was it was a mad transition, because it was, like, completely, t- like, you know, trying to learn oh, the so, game yeah. with the other hand, my training your brain and everything, and the movement's so different. Um, but then I, I started playing a lot, and then was considering competing with it, just, I mean, not, like, in for leagues and yeah, yeah. local mm. just for fun to get back into it uh, but then I decided why would I go from being the best with my right hand to then not being the best in my life oh, that's, you know? that's very interesting little debate in your head and um, so <laughs> is that not just would you not just love the competition I found it playing football or paddle tennis okay. or other sports now okay. not, not in tennis yeah ego you see comes into it as well that's like, that was it my pride <laughs> totally but would that not be amazing too if you could win in your left hand like, look I could even win left handed yeah. yeah. a, a bit Ronnie O'Sullivan a bit Ronnie O'Sullivan yeah, yeah. but could you imagine if I lost to someone and they say they beat Jenny Claffey they're not going to be saying they beat her with her left hand so <laughs> <laughs> I could never live that time wow okay this is what separates the sports people from us I just would like just okay fair enough let's talk about the French Open um, so uh, Danny Medvedev straight out um 
That was a shock, right? Yeah, I think it was a bit of a shock. Although at the same time, you know, up until he won Rome Masters there a week ago, he was going on about never knew about how much he hated the clay court surface. Uh, but he had great form, as we said, in Rome. He won the title and then he was talking about how he felt more confident on the surface and then an absolute flop in the mm. first round. He was the number two seed. I think people had kind of um, backed him to do better this year. Um, but unfortunately, he was beaten by a, a, a qualifier guy who's like ranked outside the top 100. And 50 or something how important is form uh, coming into a major like is it generally speaking someone who has been shooting the lights out coming into a major that wins it or can can you have that almost someone who just springs from the blue and, and has a run well there seems to be it's hard to predict that I yeah. guess because we've seen it over the years like I maybe not so much in, in the French Open with like Nadal being so dominant but you've seen on the women's side like players coming with no having won no tournaments on the lead up and then coming in and, and winning it um, like you know Svantec a few years ago her first title we had heard about her but she wasn't dominating as much as she was say last year on, in, her, in the clay court season and she and she'd won it so I mean yes it, you think form is going to mm. be an indicator anyway and can be an indicator but then if we look at Djokovic coming into the French Open this year he's had no form it's the first time he hasn't won a tournament coming into Roland Garros um, in the run up on the clay court season in, in over five years or something but we still can't count him out he's staying under the radar as well Djokovic is yeah. per usual yeah yeah I'm um, not looking forward to, no. to seeing what happens I saw a bit of Djokovic yesterday um, particularly early on so in the first set he really struggled then really clear in the second set but in the first set he was screaming at the box like screaming at them and swearing and not in because I could understand it in whatever language he speaks um, it seemed like he was swearing in French or Spanish or something um, is that is that does he always ball out even Itovich and whoever else is beside him we've definitely seen it more often lately that he's he's maybe feeling more of the pressure of you know now trying to match or win sorry the 23 Grand Slams but we've seen it lately with him we saw it in Australia as well he was really screaming like Orne Ivanisevic in, in that Grand Slam and then apparently he's got a new I'm not sure who what role this guy new coach or somebody in his box and he was directing a lot of his right, anger towards him three of them sitting beside each other and this is the first time in France that the box can coach they're like yeah yeah, talk, yeah. Um, I've been reading a bit about that this week and I think last year they allowed it in America and there was some other trials and this is the first time that in this year it's going to be in uh, France and Wimbledon are, are finally caught up um, what difference does it make? The coaching I mean it's really good to have the, the positive reinforcements you know but before you go out on, on a match court you kind of have your, your tactical plan and, and your game plan what you're going to do against a certain player but then it's good to have that on the sideline I mean I'm not sure how, how much you can put down to winning or losing a match mm. based on the coaching but it does ha- help really help to have that um, positivity in your corner maybe if not so positively <laughs> shouting at them but it is somebody to, to vent at and also players need that too you know in the in the heat of battle but you're saying there in, in the first set it was like an hour and a half the first set it was 7-6 yeah. it was so close and then he absolutely demolished him in the set, next two sets Fushevic my kids were loving the pronunciation the incorrect pronunciation uh, sorry <laughs> um, we had to we had to YouTube it just to make sure that we were saying it properly, so that, that would shut them up. But um, I mean, in case they go in school, to say you know, it was like, what, what were you watching last night? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he had like um, seven or eight break points in the first set and only won one, whereas um, Djokovic had won the break point that he had. So he's still a cold hard killer. Like you give him an opportunity, he's going to take it. Totally. We know that about Djokovic. He is just that steely, determined, incredible athlete with this amazing drive to, to win and mm. just doesn't let 
players in like you know after a set like that yes they first set 7-6 you'd think the match would remain competitive yeah. but it almost seems like Fusevich just gave it his everything and then just Djokovic has those extra gears that the other players don't have and was able to to you know rely on that and then just ran away with the match because we've actually seen that so often in his career where he will drop a set occasionally in Grand Slams and you think oh this is going to be a close match but it never really is it's almost like he's working himself up to a level which is consistently 85-90% and other players can get to that for a short period however long it is it can be a set it can be a set and a half sometimes it's two sets and then they're they're just spent by the effort of getting up to that is that physical or is it is it like is it the quality of the ball placement that wears you down I think it's a combination of a lot of things like for Djokovic he just has so much in his repertoire do you know that these guys can match it as you say for for two sets but especially as well in a Grand Slam when it's best of five sets that's where Djokovic seems to come alive against mm. other guys you know in best of three sets it's a different yeah. different game altogether where Djokovic just seems to have another level beyond these other guys and also like he's been playing the game for so many years he's been in these situations far longer than some of these guys he's playing against he's played so many five set matches as well in his time so the experience he can draw on that as well but yeah if they're able to match him for two sets then it becomes I guess you know that maybe Djokovic has figured out the way to, to play the match and then he also has that physicality on these guys that he can outlast any opposition He did look a bit like an octopus at various stages there was like I don't know if it's just the way the cameras are now placed for the Ultra <laughs> HD but there was there's bits where you kind of see his contortion as he's like facing one direction leans over and then the ball has gone I was like I haven't actually seen or noticed how physically pliable he is compared to normal human beings yeah he has spent a lot of time yeah Yeah, he is he spent a lot of time I think and that was a big focus maybe about you know eight to ten years ago on like the yoga and the the flexibility that side of the game because that's that's obviously where you're going to break down as well as an athlete if you're not working on those the the mobility flexibility mm. that kind of stuff and he spent a huge amount of time focusing on it you can see it like he literally as you said you know, his body is back and everything's facing that way but his legs are facing forward yeah he's kind of and the ball superhuman. is pinged straight into the corner and like he can retrieve it always retrieve every ball it's yeah. just it's funny how his attitude that, that negative like shouting at Ivanisevic is the complete opposite of Carlos Alcaraz he's getting a lot of praise for like really sunny happy disposition <clears throat> nearly all of the time looks like he's playing a practice match even that, that game I think Sitsipas said the same he, he, he constantly has a smile on his face Akaraz probably inspiring other players to, to play that way because obviously he's world number one so it works Yeah. but that game against Tara Daniel yes, I think he won it in four sets Alcaraz but I mean He's just he's getting the job done, but with a smile on his face, which is brilliant. Yeah, I think it's lovely to see in in, in the game as well. Because mm. like in the past, we've had obviously like Djokovic and Federer and Nadal. When Federer came through, he's a brat. Well, as a yeah, kid, absolutely. yeah, he was yeah. always screaming at people. I think Alcaraz is just in really enjoying his tennis, mm. and I think that's something we can see. Like as you said, like the, with the smile on his face, like he plays these amazing shots, and then you see him smiling. Like you know, as the opposition, that's very annoying. It's as intimidating well. as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, but he has this level of confidence as well, and that's showing in his game as, uh, too. But the enjoyment factor is actually making him more appealing. Mm. As you say, like it's nice to watch that as well. Somebody who doesn't look to be struggling as much as you might see with other players. But again, he is only just he's so young he's so new to the game as well give him a few more years in it not fresh th- yeah, yeah he's fresh yeah. he's to get ground down yeah. and cynical yeah. not that you want to knock, that, knock that, that smile off his face but you know let that let's see if that will, will continue what impact does the wind have because even on, on the Philip Chatteria court <laughs> yesterday that, that, that was one thing that was mentioned after that match yeah. like, <laughs> is the wind a, an actual 
big factor during those games. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, because um, because for example, like if you if he plays with so much power, Alcaraz, mm. uh, the wind is not is going to take a, away a bit of that power. Like if you say, for example, hitting into the wind, so you're not knocking the opponent off the court as easily as you would. The mm. points are going on a bit longer. I mean, for Alcaraz, he did say yeah, he said it, the windy was the windy was uh, affecting yeah, him, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's why he lost that set. But you know, he did never really looked in too much danger. I thought, but the wind will impact. Yeah, of course, the conditions are going to impact the players because it takes a bit of a bite out of the ball um, when it's windy if, or if you've got the wind behind you though then that's a different you know you've mm. got more of an advantage then It's funny the like was it Sloane Stevens I saw talking about you're talking about some of the initiatives that the French Open have come up with this year and Sloane Stevens was talking about the, the mental health issues and the abuse of players and she said they're, uh, it's getting worse and this year the French Open organisers have offered players AI so artificial intelligence protection, I don't know how this works. You sign in, basically. You, you use this app to sign into your account and then it blocks... To each of the social media accounts that and you it, have. it blocks anything that they think, any combination of words that might be abusive. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, I would have thought so. players at a Grand Slam wouldn't be logging into their social media accounts anyway, but clearly this generation would be. Yeah. So, so it's something to think about. I'm sure during a tournament you have that much downtime and that much time to be on your phone and... and, and things to distract yourself I guess that that would be a, something important yeah there are there are so many distractions obviously playing those big tournaments like the Grand Slams like there's, there's a lot of immediate attention but there is a huge amount of downtime as you said mm-hmm. there when you play like you know you have your in the day you have you might go through your routines of like you know obviously outside of meal times it's a warm up and then your match time but then there's a whole other host of hours in the day to fill but I, th- I do think that's really important that the, the Grand Slams are addressing that issue with mental health I'm not sure how yeah. how effective that will be but uh, you can see on the women's side that a few players are now taking um, breaks like we have Muguruza then the Spanish player who's a Grand Slam champion she's taking time away from the court now due to mental health we had Naomi Osaka a few years ago mm. citing mental health as the reason why she took a break you know we're seeing it more and more I think the demands of the, the tennis tour is really really huge on these players uh, and you know they're now deciding and it's good to see they're prioritising their mental health and, and looking after themselves first mm. What about on the women's side um, Schwantek obviously still alive uh, Coco Goff still alive who else do you like and how are they getting on at the moment do you think what's the so I, I'm glad to see, firstly, that we have a bit of a rivalry going on in the women's game with uh, Ribikina, Shiontek and Sabalenka. I think Sabalenka's coming in hot now after winning um, Madrid, although it's a bit of a different... Um, the clay in Madrid it's played at altitude the tournament so it's, it's much faster which suits her game but I like her chances on the bottom half of the draw Sabalenka uh, the top half with Shiontek and Ribikina that would be make for an interesting semi-final um, Goff obviously last year's finalist she's yeah. going to meet Shiontek in the quarterfinal so Shiontek has a pretty tough road to the final having if she beats Goff in the quarter she then meets Ribikina um, but there's there's been a good few matches a good com- few competitive matches uh, so far in the tournament that we've seen but I, I still will back Shantak to win So you think ideally we'll see them playing it out in quarterfinal semi-final so there's big games to look forward to yes. with the best players who've kind of established themselves over the last couple of years because we like we've talked repeatedly mm-hmm. about what happens in the um, post-Serena world and we are here now Yeah, and uh, you know, there's a big opportunity for somebody to lay down a marker and 
like make an all-time great name for yourself right? yeah I think Shantek is in the process of doing that anyway uh, since her dominance last year and um, since Ash Barty retired but it's great to see that these the likes of Sabalenka mm. and Rubikina are starting to to challenge her and she hasn't had much competition up till now but like you, the men's side we had the top three with Federer Djokovic and Nadal now we're kind of seeing you know the, these rivalries between Sabalenka and Rubikina and Shantek and hopefully this will be a, a rivalry that will push the, the game on even more in the coming years I was watching the Coco Goff match yesterday um, Rebecca Masarova the Spaniard player, Spanish player that she beat, mm-hmm. like she's still only nineteen, Coco Goff, but she, she's not the finished article. Like I know she got to the final last year, but even in that first set that she lost yesterday, I think the commentators were pointing at her forehand wasn't where it should be. Yeah. So it, it, there's still issues there with her. Yeah, she's as I said, she's not the finished article yet. Um, she's still got a lot of a lot of parts of her games to polish. And um, but as she's nineteen, she's so much time for that. But at the same time, you know, she's shown great strides in terms of getting to the final last year she has an amazing all around game but her serve was a serve was a bit of an mm. issue last year and then the forehand wasn't firing yet this and hasn't been firing this yeah. year at all she hasn't had too many great results so far this year um, maybe your injury will heal by the time Wimbledon comes around if you can get tickets for Wimbledon <laughs> I'd be doing anything to get tickets for Wimbledon if I could anyone listening please there you go That's, we're <laughs> officially sending the shout out and so uh, would you be the best tennis player at off the ball left handed I presume that's Colin by the way I'm volunteering him here Must be yeah. <laughs> we need to, we need to have a, a, a an OTV hot, hot bracket and then you would beat them left-handed. I, I, I'll play them right-handed and I'll play ah, them no, left-handed. You can't play right-handed. Well, way. let's see. You'll give them the ah. benefit of the both. No, humiliation. No. Yeah. Yeah. We need to call Colin out in this one because he's been challenging me. So. We oh, yeah, doubles. okay, and he's not even here. This is yeah. the perfect time to do it. Exactly. We should have doubles. We should have two on one side and then it's yourself, Jenny, on the other side by yourself. So <laughs> at least give us a American doubles. We get the full doubles I'll let the three of you have it. Yeah, go on. Yeah, okay, sounds great. Jenny, good stuff. Thanks a million. Thanks, OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.